Cool. So, yeah, man, I, I love how much God just keeps speaking. And even the fact that we're kind of a smaller little group today, it's in a lot of ways like the core group. Um, and actually what I wanted to preach on today is actually is aimed at us, at the, the, the close family, you know. And um, a little pro tip for those of you who want to know what's going on on a Sunday, in the prayer meeting, since we've been doing the prayer meeting, basically God keeps stealing my preach and we land up praying about it in the prayer meeting. So if you want the inside track, 22-9, we're here praying. And, um, but it's beautiful because God is always, is always speaking. And so, um, like I was saying, I did a bit of a trip down memory lane looking at like my old life and old pictures. And I was, the title of this preach this morning is, um, is What is Love? But then, you guys know Bump 5. That's probably like way before many of your times. But um, when I was growing up, there were these albums that used to come out on CD back when those were still a thing. And there's this famous song called What is Love? Baby, Don't Hurt Me. Yeah, so, but anyway, that's not... <laughs> so I actually typed that out on here, but it's not the official title. Um, so, so just to quickly recap, like what God has been doing with us, what he's been saying for the last couple of weeks. And it's been this thing of... He's been revealing himself as the father. Um, he's been speaking so much into this thing of him as the father, us as children, this identity, how that relationship works, the fact that we are a family, that we've been adopted into a family, and that he is this God who loves and equips and cares for us and provides for us and heals us and sets safe boundaries for us. And it's been all this talk of kind of God as a father and us as family. And what I love about the way God works is he, he always does this, there's this vertical thing, there's what he does in us, and then he says, all right, now that I've done this work and you, go, it's sideways, go and break that open into your horizontal relationships, like us as a, as a family. And so the beautiful thing is that God has saved us from our old lives, and that is amazing, but what matters more is what he saved us into, which is his family. And um, yeah, so, so I wanted to preach on love and how we love each other because this time of year, we're kind of going into December and that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For most of us, it's like family and holidays and we're going to kind of take a bit of downtime and connect with people. But I've spoken to four people in this week. And I asked them, in our congregation, asked them what their plans are for December. And they're like, I'm pretty much just going to probably spend it alone, doing laundry, or like random stuff. And I realized that there's something wrong, that that would be what some people would do with a day like Christmas. Because Christmas means, you know, this whole season is all about like, it's about what Jesus did, but it's this time is like family pulls together. And I realized that we actually live in an incredibly lonely age. We are never, we've never been as connected as we are in terms of communication and Facebook and email. And like I can connect with people from 19 Futsack that I knew long ago who are now living in like another country. I can connect so easily with them in communication. And yet so many people are so desperately lonely. And it is, I think, one of the big kind of battles in our culture and age is this thing of 
of loneliness. And so going into December, it is usually one of the toughest times for so many people. It's got the highest suicide rate in a month is in December because people struggle. You know, people are lonely. The usual structure and scaffolding of your life that keeps you busy, work, you know, all these things that happen through the year are suddenly gone and you, you're just left with yourself. And a lot of people really, really struggle in that time. And so, you know, for us as a people, there's something that we can actually do about that. And that's what I want to get into this morning. And so we want to quickly put up John 17 verse 20. And just for context, Jesus is busy praying, knowing that he's about to be arrested and sent to the cross. And he prays. This is his prayer. He says, Father, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to the complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And so what I love about that passage of scriptures is lots of this kind of I in them and you in me and us in each other. And it's kind of the, the picture that Jesus is using is like, God, you... You are my family, Father, and I am your son, and you have brought me into what you're doing, and now I want to bring in them, the people, the disciples, the, those who are going to believe in me. And he says, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. And so Jesus is trying to bring... His prayer is that the disciples, that the people who would believe in him would be brought into actually what him and the Father have, which is this perfect unity, this perfect love, this perfect caring and loving for one another. And it's amazing because he's actually set the model for that. You know, one of the things we looked at was, was this thing of the kilogram, the standard by which we measure things. And so when we measure love, like that for me is the benchmark. We go to Jesus and the father and like how did they how did they love and um so we've been added into this family we've been grafted into this family with the father through what jesus did so that we can now be part of this family and then the lonely get added to the family again and so as jesus has brought us into what he has with the father now we bring in others into what we have through Jesus with the Father. And it's always this expanding picture of family. It is always family, always bringing people in. And, um, you know, in, in many ways, this spiritual family is closer, actually, than our blood family. I have more in common, actually, with most of you than I do with my own family. Oh, the Eileen, you know. No, but like my, you know, my brothers don't believe what I believe. I don't. So actually, I'm going to spend, if things carry on the way they are now, I'm going to spend eternity with you. Not necessarily with them. You know? And so in the eyes of, of God and what actually matters, this is more 
my family. Even Jesus, he says at one point, he's like, who are my mother and my brothers? Because his mom and his brothers come and they want to talk to him. And he's like, okay, my mother and brothers are these. His disciples. That's who he counts as family. And so, yeah, this whole thing of this beautiful like family that God has created is both our privilege to be a part of and also our responsibility to bring others into. And even just if we look at how Jesus rolled, he was always leaving the 99 to go and find the one. He was always after the one, the one who's not here because they need to be in family. And uh, yeah, if you look at John 13, 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So what I love about this is Jesus isn't telling us to do something that he hasn't done. He's saying, look at what I did. Look at how I loved. This thing you've seen me do, that I've done for you, now you go and do for others. And it's actually a, it's a command. It's not a polite suggestion. And so he sets this example. And if you look at how he lived with his disciples, he walked with them, ate with them, slept with them, sailed on boats through storms with them, taught them, loved them, spent almost all his time with them, shared with them what he was going through, healed them, cared for them, provided for them. And so as he did, now we've got to do. We've got to love the way that he loved us. And... The, the acid test of a disciple is that thing. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, the great thing is that I don't think we have a problem with love here. Like, actually, we're pretty good at this, generally. And it is a beautiful and well done. I've got to commend you guys on how well you love because I think the hearts really are there um, but it's more just some of the practical handles like how can we do this going into the season and into this time this thing of of love and Jesus you know he takes love really 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 seriously um, if we look at 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 to 8 it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. And it kind of goes on, but love never fails. And so when I'm looking at love, like that is 
for me the benchmark against which to measure love. And for us, we need to love that way, always. And again, like, I'm not bringing a correction here. Generally, we do this super, super well. Um, but like I said, at this time of year, it can be an incredibly lonely time for many. And even for us, you know, I, I generally in December, like we go away, it's kind of time to see distant family in other provinces. And this year, I'm actually really bummed I'm going. I'm like, I'm quite, I'm quite disappointed that I'm actually not going to be here because this is feeling like so much family. And I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to actually not be here. You know, and I've, I mean, it's important to go and see family and all that stuff. But in my heart, there's actually this thing of like, if they close the interprovincial borders, it's not going to be the worst thing that happened to me right now. Because it would actually be epic to stay because you guys have become like family to me. And I'm going to, I'm actually going to miss something. And I know I'm going to miss something if I go. And, um, yeah, but you know, there are these sort of they're these two sides of this thing. For a lot of people, it's work winds down, the busyness of life winds down, schools close. Now we've got time; we can kind of go and do some stuff and have some fun. It's time to like relax and play, and hang out. For others, it's work is shutting down, school is shutting down, the things that keep me busy and occupied are shutting down. And I'm going to be so lonely. I'm like, it's the same things. If we can connect those two groups, we have a problem and a solution. And so what I wanted us just to be mindful of in this time is that you actually have the ability to love like Jesus loved. But for us to change even our mindsets, like this December time, yes, it's time. Rest. You have to rest. You have to relax well. Get so like next year is going to be full on. It's going to be a very busy, very amazing year. So yes, get your rest. But there's this beautiful thing of bringing people into your rest, bringing people into what you're doing. Um, one of my great friends, a guy called Julian Goldswain, who was one of the most high capacity people I knew. But he would often he would phone me. He's like, Adam, do you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, cool. He's like, cool. I'm going grocery shopping. And I would go grocery shopping with this dude and we'd literally walk around the shops just buying his groceries, but I was hanging out with him and I was connecting. And actually that kind of relationship became an incredible thing. And I built such a close friendship with him through him just bringing me into his life. And what it was, was I'm going with family, doing family stuff. The family's going grocery shopping, I'm in. And so for us as kind of the little core team can we love this way like when we're doing stuff can we think can our minds always be who can i bring into this who can i connect into this because loving in this congregation like we don't have a lot of resources okay no one's going to really be like buying anyone else cars and stuff like but the thing we have is the most precious thing is actually time 
That is the best thing you can give to anybody because it's the one thing you can't buy. It's the one thing you can't get back. It's the one thing you can't replace is your time. And so for us to just be mindful always actually of the lonely and of the lost and of those who don't have what we have, this thing of family. And um, to bring each other into it, you know. And there's so much that goes on. There's, you know, you're planning a hike or you're going skating or to the beach or wherever. Let's always be looking. Who can I bring in? Who can I connect into this? Who are the lonely? Who is that person I haven't seen? Ask the Holy Spirit. Like, God, who do you want me to connect with today? Have that outward focus the whole time. And you don't have to run around burning yourself out trying to disciple everyone. Because that's not actually the heart of this. The heart is family. Hanging out and connecting, you know. And it's, um, it is a beautiful thing to actually do this this way. And what is great about this is that even our scaffolding as a church is going to get taken away a little bit. This week, Wednesday, is going to be the last home group. So what is going to happen to all of us until next year? Are we still going to be connecting? Are the relationships that we've built built on something more than just a Wednesday night? Because my relationship with work is there's work time, and then when work closes, I'm not going back there because I don't have to. Relationships is, dude, I don't care that there's no community. You're my tribe. You're my people. Let's hang out. And even, you know, church, we're going to have some shorter services, some shorter times. Everyone's going to kind of, what are we going to look like, actually? And, um, yeah, I'm just aware that, that this is the test. This is when God is looking for faithfulness. How faithful are we going to be to those that God has brought in this year, to the connections he's made, to the people who've come? Come mid-January, are we still going to be connected? Are we still going to have them? Always have the sense of Jesus rocking up in our meeting and being like, hey, where's Wycliffe or Profita? Or where are these people, Adam? Give me. And I'm like, yo, God, I want to know. I want to know that I tried. I want to know that I love them, that I've been faithful with that. Because he loves him. That is the stuff that is important to him. You know, even if we break through massively in this area of worship and guys are prophesying and all this incredible stuff is happening and we have not love. I want to be a clanging symbol, man. So as much as it is good and important for us to get like the church stuff right and the worship stuff right. and But yo, can you imagine if we're all like prophesying and Jesus rocks up and says, I'm not interested in that stuff. Show me, show me the people. Where is that guy? Where is that girl? Where are those people I trusted you with? Show me that. That's what I value. And so this is not a heavy, I'm not like trying to, you know, I almost, I just want to pull us, what we've been doing the whole time since we planted this church is trying to pull our mindsets 
in alignment with God, to start thinking the way he thinks, to have ourselves renewed by him. And this is one of those areas. I'm like, cool, God, can we actually get on the same page as you? To the point where now I am bummed that I am going away. I really am. I'm actually disappointed that I'm not going to be here in December because my family's always going to be there. They have to love me, um, you know, but it's the, it's the people here. Like, I know I'm going to miss out on actually connecting with some of you and some of these beautiful relationships that have started building and forming. Like, I so want to invest into that stuff. Um, but it's also good. I'm glad that I'm feeling that way because it shows that God's doing something and come the new year, yeah, I'm going to be on you like white on rice. Um, so is that cool? Like, can we, can we just do that? Can we always hold that thought as we're doing stuff of like, let's pull people in and do this. I, what I quite often do, I sort of the WhatsApp group, the little WhatsApp group, and I scroll through it. And I just look at the names and the people who've been added. And I'm like, actually, yeah, where is that guy? I haven't seen him for two weeks. How is he? WhatsApp him. If I only get one tick, then I phone him. Hey, bud, how are you? Because actually, like I've been trusted with him. I want to be faithful in that area. And um, so do that even. Like run through the WhatsApp groups and use that WhatsApp group. You have permission. Spam that thing stickant over December. But really, it's a great way. If you're doing something, you don't have to get like bogged down in admin organizing Literally be like, hey, guys, I'm doing a hike up Table Mountain this time. Who's keen? But if you're doing something, post it. People want to hang. And if you don't see each other, you don't hear from each other for a while, go. Do what Jesus did. Leave the 99. Go find them. Go see how they are. Go check in on them. Go love them. And it's not a duty. No one's keeping roll call or score. But Jesus is looking at our hearts. And our hearts after the things he's after, which is people. It's the thing he values. It's the thing he cares about. It's the thing that counts. But cool. So I just, I just had this thought. I just, you know, this Christmas time and the December time, who's it centered around? Like, what is the story? So commercially, it's like, so commercially, Bernie M and Santa Claus. And then, but we all know it's like what Jesus, right? And imagine the very thing that the world is trying to celebrate is the very thing that we're not even doing. What did he stand for? This stuff. So then we're, so then we're saying to, to ourselves rel religiously, what is, it, what is it religiously? It's a time for families by themselves to do little family things, Christmassy things, and that you must go do yourself with your own family and go do stuff by, by yourselves in kind of families. What's God? Who is my family? Everyone is my family, man. Yeah, but I feel, I feel embarrassed. I can't knock on your door because you're doing family stuff. Who are you celebrating doing the family stuff? Jesus. Okay, well, Jesus says, I'm up in here. Let's go. Jesus says, it's in. And it's just, I sometimes it feels like, it feels like we're, uh, we're going to what, um, inconvenience each other? Or it's not my place? Or I'm, I'm overstepping some, some invisible relational 
societal line where I'm not allowed to, this is a very special, it's, it's a special time, mate. I'm not allowed to, I can't step in your, it's your family time. Jesus himself says what? Absolutely not. It's the one time that I want you there. If it's, if it's God's truth and Jesus that we're doing, yeah? Yeah, so, is that cool? Okay, can we do that? And even today, a lot of guys missing. Let's, like, where are they? Are they okay, actually? Let's go check. Let's go find those guys. I hope that they know that something actually happened and they get like 15 messages from the same oak. They're like, guys, I'm fine. I'm alive. I'm okay. I was just, you know, but let's actually, like, let's actually do it. Um, but set that reminder. You know, like we were talking last week about the whole armor of God. And when I get dressed in the morning, I've been like doing that. But let's make this a thing in the morning. I'm like, cool. What am I doing today? Kif. How can I bring people in? And you know, that word that Andrew shared on like, let your light shine. This is how it happens. It is all relational. Almost everyone here, you came here because someone you knew was coming here and then they invited you. And so you came. It was within family and friendship that this thing happened. Cool. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, so can I pray for us quick? Then we'll, we'll end. Yeah, Jesus, thank you, Lord, that firstly we are part of your family that you made this way for us to be part of what you and the Father and the Holy Spirit are, that you opened up the doors, you opened up the circle, you invited us into your family, and you made us a part of your family, not guests, not visitors, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, and we are part of your family, Jesus. Thank you for how well you have loved us, that you have shown us how to love. You have taught us these things. You have set for us the model that we can follow. Would you help us to follow it? Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd actually speak so loudly and clearly in this time, that even as we go on holiday, that actually the kingdom is always advancing, that there is no break from the church, and that that's a good thing. Because this is not actually about work. It is about relationship, God. And I pray that we would love well. That the evidence that we are your disciples would be so clear by our love one for another. And yeah, Holy Spirit, I pray you'd even do this. Give us a greater love. Give us a great love for each other, Jesus. And I pray that you would just protect us even as we go into this festive holiday season. Lord, that come January, not one would be lost that everyone would stay connected. I pray against loneliness. Jesus said you would be the first family of the lonely, but that you would bring them, that you would add them even in this time, that we would come back in January and actually we would have run out of chairs because the lonely were met, not in necessarily a church setting, but by a heart connection, an outflow of what you've done in us, that we would love the way that you have loved but yeah, Lord, that you would really watch over us all in this time, that we would stay connected firstly to you, but that would stay connected to each other, that we would be one even as you and the Father are one, Lord. I and you and you and me and we all in each other, just connected. I love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for this time this morning, even as family. And for those that aren't here this morning, Lord, I pray that you would watch over them and protect them. 
that you would continue to join their hearts to ours, Lord, that they would actually be okay. And that as they see our love for them, they'd be drawn back actually to the love of the Father. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. You're so good. Amen.